This is Nick Holland with Information Security Media Group, and I'm joined today by Richard Clark and Robert Kinaki, who have just published a book titled The Fifth Domain. Um, you might well know Richard and Rob from their previous publication, Cyber War. Uh, Richard served in the US government for 30 years, including as the White House counterterrorism coordinator under Presidents Clinton and George W. Bush. And Robert uh, is a senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations, senior research scientist at Northeastern University, and the former director of cybersecurity policy at the National Security Council in the Obama White House. As mentioned, new book out for Fifth Domain, Defending Our Country, Our Companies and Ourselves in the Age of Cyber Threats. So as mentioned, not their first collaboration. Uh, cyber War was out a decade ago. So my first question being then, what's changed and what hasn't since then? And, and I guess, why the need for this book now? So uh, thanks for having us on. This is Rob Kanaki here. I, I would say the, the biggest thing that's changed in our minds is that 10 years ago when we wrote Cyber War, the offense had this overwhelming advantage. When, when we wrote Cyber War, we quoted an unnamed NSA official who told us we run X number of operations a month and we never get caught. Well, 10 years later, there is no one at the NSA who would claim they never get caught. And there's nobody in Russia or China or in any of the other elite hacking groups in the world who would say they no longer ever get caught. And so from that perspective, what it means is we're starting to see a shift from an offensive advantage to what could become a defensive advantage. And we are certainly seeing the erosion of that long-held offensive advantage. This leads me to, I guess, my next question, which is that, I mean, it's interesting in that the fifth domain is, I would say, relatively optimistic, which is sort of fairly rare when it comes to reading books around cybersecurity, in that you're saying that, you know, obviously cyber threats are man-made, therefore a man-made solution can be found to these. But there's also a strong sort of cautionary line in there that cyber attacks, particularly state-sponsored ones, could very easily lead to a kinetic response. So how do we steer away from that particular outcome? Uh, this is Dick Clark. I, I, you know, I think we need to separate what's happening with corporations where the news is relatively good because the technologies are getting better and it is now possible if you spend enough to defend yourself. We need to separate that good news from the bad news that governments are behaving badly. Uh, governments are engaging in increasing cyber attacks on each other and boasting about it. Uh, and we actually have had a government engage in a conventional or kinetic attack uh, because of cyber attacks. The Israelis, uh, frustrated by the cyber attacks on them from Hamas, uh, flew F-16s and bombed the Hamas uh, cyber facility. I don't think we can ever believe that a cyber war will stay in cyberspace. Uh, the U.S. government, the, the Pentagon's declaratory policy uh, is that if the cyber damage on the United States from a nation-state attack is sufficiently bad, we reserve the right to respond, to retaliate with a kinetic or conventional attack. So the notion that cyber war is somehow uh, clean and doesn't kill people and can stay in cyberspace, I think is wrong. We, we have to believe that if a cyber attack escalates, it will immediately spill over uh, into 
a normal, regular kinetic war, uh, killing people involving bombing of, uh, by aircraft and, and other means. So you state that the best strategies can be summed up in a single word, which is in this case resilience. So what do you mean by resilience in this context and how do we get to that point? So this is Rob. I, I mean, I, I think when we looked at this topic, we looked at essentially 20 years of cyber policy that was really kicked off uh, by Dick writing PDD 63 in 1998. And we said, OK, we've largely had the same strategy since then. It's been modified. It's been built on. But you can go from Clinton to Bush to Obama and now to Trump and see essentially the same strategy, which is making the private sector responsible for its own security. And this is a really kind of novel way to handle a national security problem, but it's the only one that fits a world in which all these systems are connected to a global and open internet. And so when we looked at that strategy, we said it's the right concept. It hasn't been sold in the right way. And we really settled on the idea of resilience after looking across all these strategies and talking to a lot of people in the field and recognizing that the idea of resilience, the idea that you need to prepare for disruptions, that you need to be able to recover from them and you need to learn from them and adapt from them and build societal mechanisms around them is really what we're talking about. And we contrast that, I would say, with the idea of offense being the answer, of cyber deterrence being the answer, of these other sort of Cold War strategies that put government front and center, when in the case of cyber warfare, it's really the private sector that is on the front lines. Richard, any final comments from you? Well, I think the technology right now uh, does give the uh, defense a possibility of defending, but technology is constantly changing. Uh, and so we have chapters in the book on AI and machine learning. We have a chapter on quantum computing, and we have a chapter on 5G and the Internet of Things, because you're never standing still in cyberspace. And the introduction of new technologies uh, is constant, and it means that there are new attack services, new ways to attack, because we never build defenses into new technologies. We just rush them to market. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That was Richard Clark and Robert Kinaki, co-authors of Fifth Domain. And for Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.